Well, hello, everybody. This is Baldy, Brian Baldinger, at Baldy NFL, on Instagram, on Twitter, on Threads, on X, on YouTube, uh, with the NFL Network, and with you here at Odyssey. Come find me on your uh, free Odyssey app, wherever you download your apps. Uh, tell all your friends. Tell your enemies about us. I'm here at the media center at the Mandalay Bay in Las Vegas. I've been here all week. I got here on Sunday. Uh, five days have you know passed now of doing analysis for players and you know media types you know throughout the league. And I'm here to kind of deliver the final words leading up to Super Bowl 58, which is basically across the street at Allegiant Stadium, a great stadium honoring the great Al Davis. The Raider tradition. It's going to be fantastic. Nobody thought five years ago, 10 years ago, that you could ever have a Super Bowl in Las Vegas. It was just too big of a conflict. But I think the success of the Vegas Knights coming here to be the hockey team, the success they've had, two championships, sellouts constantly, big hockey town here in the middle of the desert, I think that helped. I think the fact that the Super Bowl is already the number one destination in the world for people that want to watch the Super Bowl in the sports books, at the parties. Uh, and so it's just ramped up a hundred times right now. They've had a, a tremendous uh, turnout with uh, media credentials and people getting credentialed for this game, uh, highest ever. It's just been a fantastic week. So I'm sitting here at the Fox set, just got off the set with Colin Coward, um, you know, just breaking this game down. So let's get to it because the Chiefs are going for three Super Bowls in five years years this is you know they're creating um their own legacy right now and this is that comes along in sports you know the obviously the new england patriots did it uh the cowboys won three super bowls in four years it was a just jimmy johnson built team troy aikman was phenomenal uh the steelers did it in the 70s the 49ers did it in the 80s uh you know we, we've had we've had these runs the golden state warriors did it with steph curry uh, and what they're doing. But this is something that the Chiefs have done. It really started with the emergence of Patrick Mahomes and how good he was and the MVPs in the Super Bowl, the league MVP, uh, all the things that he has accomplished. And he's, and he's young. And you just think about it. Last year, Patrick Mahomes is the MVP of the Super Bowl. They win their second Super Bowl. And in the game, there was questions whether Patrick Mahomes was even able to play after twisting his ankle badly and tearing his ankle, you know, the ligaments, high ankle sprain against Cincinnati in the AFC Championship game. And they didn't really, we, we didn't know until game time if Mahomes was going to be able to play and what, what level would he play at and how restricted could he be. And then, you know, uh, right before half Arizona, like he gets his ankle twisted up again and he's writhing in pain and he's coming off the field. And we're like, is it, oh, and, and, the, and the Eagles were, up 10 points going into halftime and we have no idea if Patrick Mahomes is going to be able to play in the second half if he's going to be effective in the second half if he can overcome a 10 point deficit and all they did was score on their first four drives in the second half now they altered the game plan which leads me to this week's game um, we literally We literally have Patrick Mahomes healthy. And what happened in the second half of that game last year is Andy Reid went up to 
Patrick Mahomes. He went up to Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith and Joe Tooney and the offensive line said, we're going to have to run it, guys. We're going to put it in your hands. We're going we're gonna to run it. We, we might have to. And not only did that, but Mahomes also contributed to it with a huge rumble up the middle. And so what it says to me is this team's ability to adjust is second to none. Starts with Mahomes, but it, it goes right to Andy Reid and Matt Nagy and the offensive guys. Like, they have the ability to adjust. No matter what Steve Wilkes and the 49ers defense does, no matter what Kyle Shanahan, the offense does, they get off to a hot start and the Chiefs got to play catch-up. I mean, they did it last year on the biggest stage, and they seem immune to pressure. And one of the things that's happened for the Chiefs to get here, to go and beat Miami in, you know, sub-Arctic weather conditions, to go on the road to Buffalo, and win in, you know, Bill's Mafia territory, to go on the road to, to Baltimore, where I was two weeks ago, and to knock off the, the number one seeds, the highest team in football, um, the league MVP in Lamar, the best defense in football, the defense that led the league in takeaways, the defense that led the league in, in sacks. The Chiefs went in there, and they controlled the game from the start. They made all the plays. Legereus Sneed getting the ball out of Zay Flowers' hands at the goal line, and Trent McDuffie recovering. Like, these things matter. How you play getting to this big game matters. Playing to your strengths, getting the ball to Travis Kelsey in the AFC Championship game the way that they did. Um, the fact that Mahomes came out and played error-free football and has for four straight weeks in a row has not turned the ball over. Now, it doesn't guarantee that you're not going to turn it over in this game, but that's, that's the Chiefs. And so somehow they're not favored. The 49ers are. Um, I've talked to Steve Spagnuolo this week, and what what he's looking to do is he's looking to create negative splash plays from blitzes, from pressures, and you never know when they're going to come or where they're going to come um, or how they're going to come. But he's looking for that opportunity to create a negative play, to create a turnover, to get a sack, to force the quarterback to throw the ball uh, someplace where he doesn't want to throw it, like he did to Lamar last week. Like that, and then to have the pieces, um, Legereus Sneed, Trent McDuffie, Jalen Watson, Joshua Williams, um, Justin Reed, they're getting Willie Gay back, who didn't play in the first two playoff games, number 50, like lightning speed, can do a lot of different things. Like that's Kansas City. Now, San Francisco, who's favored, I remember going back to uh, a little bit past the midseason point, and I was doing a game up there, San Francisco and Seattle, and this is after they lost three games in a row. Uh, when they lost to Minnesota, they lost to Cleveland, they lost to Cincinnati, uh, and then they had a bye week. And they went a month without winning a game. And I see Fred Warner down the field, and I'm talking to Fred, uh, pre-game warm-up, and I'm announcing a game for national radio. And I said, Fred, like, did, did you learn something from the three-game losing streak from the month? And he goes, we're locked in, Baldy. We're, we're not losing anymore. And they've lost one game since. They lost to Baltimore pretty badly. Uh, you know, they, they turned the ball over a bunch. But they didn't play well. They, that's the one game. Other than that, um, they've, they, they, they've just been on a streak. You know, go to Jacksonville, wipe them up. Go to Philadelphia, six straight drives for touchdowns. I mean, they – they played great football. 
They had to come from behind in the playoffs against Green Bay and Detroit. Good teams come from behind. Uh, if you don't start fast, you got to finish strong. They've done that. This, Kyle Shanahan has been to a Super Bowl in Atlanta as the offense coordinator, couldn't finish the D. Uh, they got to the doorstep last year in the NFC Championship game in Philadelphia, and Brock Purdy had his elbow mangled on the seventh play of the game. Chances fell apart. He came right back. Uh, Brock Purdy got healthy, had the surgery, came right back, and here they are. This is a fantastic matchup. And if you look at San Francisco, the way they're constructed, and I'll just name names, but Trent Williams, I believe, is the highest paid tackle in football. Christian McCaffrey is the highest paid running back in football. Debo Samuels, one of the highest paid receivers in football. Fred Warner is one of the highest paid linebackers in football. Nick Bosa broke the bank for the highest paid defensive player in NFL history. Like, they've got the biggest story. When you were around Kyle Juszczyk, when he got signed by the 49ers from the Baltimore Ravens and became the highest paid fullback in football. When you're down the field and you're around the 49ers, you feel like you're at a red carpet event. Like, and, and, and I mention all these names because your great players, the stars, win games. And I don't want to leave George Kittle out or Brandon Ayuk out. But they, they are a star-studded team. And that's why they're here. So then the question becomes, how will Brock Purdy perform? Well, I think he's going to play great. There's nothing that Brock Purdy has done where I say he can't, he can't play on this stage. The, the lights are too bright. Uh, the, the, the pressure's too big. I, I don't believe that. I don't think that's how he's wired. I think the way Brock Purdy looks at this whole career so far, which has just been second to anybody that's ever played the game statistically, is that he feels like he's just a regular guy. He's got his faith in Jesus Christ and all that. I mean, that's fantastic. He's grounded. He's around his family. But honestly, he feels like he's just a regular guy that is really good at football. And I don't think any of this gets to his head. He doesn't think about mega contracts. I think he's just enjoying this moment that he loves football. He's good at it. And he's around a lot of great players, great teammates with a great coach. So how does this game get played? Everybody says, well, San Francisco has to start fast. Well, I mean, they haven't started fast against Green Bay and Detroit yet, you know, down 24 seven at halftime, they came out and played 30 great minutes of football. I don't know that you can do that against Kansas city. Um, they have the ability to bleed the clock and finish the game and make good sound decisions. Maybe some that Dan Campbell wishes he had back. I think this is going to be a fantastic game. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm going to be watching it on the third floor at NFL films in my film room because I get different camera angles that come through NFL films that people in television land don't watch. I'm not really, the, the commercials are great. And I, I, I'm going to look at the camera angles uh, in TV timeouts about uh, certain plays that just happened, maybe replays that are coming up on CBS. I'm looking forward to kind of maybe even doing some breakdowns in real time and getting you that information out there about what just happened, what we saw, why a play worked, why it didn't work. Um, so I'm going to get into that. But ultimately, you have two things at play. The, the big, the big storyline here is this. Does Kyle Shanahan break through with a quarterback that was Mr. Irrelevant, you know, 18 months ago? Does he break through with Brock Purdy and get his first NFL championship? And can the regime of John Lynch in San Francisco in their sixth season together break through and win a championship and be on the verge of yearly greatness 
or does Kansas City knock them off? And here we are in the middle of this um, this this run that is second to none and maybe only second to the Patriots in recent history. And do they keep this thing going? And does Patrick Mahomes' greatness just get extended that much more? I don't know that there's a whole lot more to say about this. I mean, if it comes down to special teams, I trust Harrison Butker, the kicker for, San, for Kansas City, uh, over Jake Moody, the rookie kicker from San Francisco. It can do that. It can come down to a kick. We've seen it many times. Came down to a kick when the Patriots won their first Super Bowl against the Rams in the Superdome. It's come down to a kick um, in Houston when the Patriots beat the Carolina Panthers. I mean, I could just go on and on and on. It came down last year to a kick, you know, in Kansas City defeating the Philadelphia Eagles. It can come down to kicks. I saw Harrison Butker um, three years ago at SoFi Stadium kick a 59-yard field goal to send the game into overtime against the Chargers, and it took a 59-yard field goal to win it. And talking to the special teams coach of Kansas City, Dave Tope, uh, he told me that he's got he's got the ability to kick it from 70. And just remember, this is an inside dome stadium, uh, SoFi, with perfect conditions. And so if you're fortunate enough to be down the field before the game watching these kickers warm up, you might see Harrison Butker attempting a 60- or 65-yard field goal attempt. So... Ultimately, in these games, it comes down to turnovers. Uh, last year, um, Nick Bolton recovered a fumble uh, from Jalen Hurts and took it to the distance for a touchdown, defensive touchdown off a fumble. And that was the difference in the game. Uh, I think that will probably become the difference in this game. If you can take the ball away, add an extra at bat, take away a possession from the other team, and maybe that is the difference in the game. Regardless, I can't wait to bring it to you. Uh, in on the best football show with me, Brian Baldinger at Baldy NFL come Monday afternoon. Thanks for joining me. Look forward to the game. Look forward to an analyzing the game come Monday.